This morning, I want to introduce to you my friend and my brother, Sidney Mavoza. His wife, Concilia, is with us today as well. He is the president of Zimbabwe Christian College. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, but I also I forgot first service to mention that Concilia plays an important role in the college as well as uh, in the correspondence department. They have some classes that they do by correspondence, but also as uh, the registrar of the college. So they are both vital to the life of the college. And before Sydney preaches, I thought it might be helpful for us to get a little bit of context on Zimbabwe. Maybe some of you don't know that much about this country, and uh, to understand him, you've got to understand a little bit about where he comes from. So I've got like three questions that probably should take about five minutes each, but we're going to squeeze all that down into like a minute and a half each, okay? So you're getting the short version this morning. So first, Sidney, tell us a little bit about your country, Zimbabwe. Uh, Zimbabwe is uh, in southern Africa, just above South Africa, if you know the continent. And it's a country of about 15 million people. The capital city is Harare. Right. And uh, Zimbabwe has dealt with a lot of economic problems over the years. Uh, you saw some farms in the pictures that we showed a few minutes ago, but uh, Sydney told me that all those uh, grain bins sit empty right now, so they're in need of food. The, the borders may be closed early next week. They'll be able to get in because they're flying, but it's just one problem after another that leads to things like 95 to 97% unemployment, so it's a very difficult place. But I also uh, wanted to tell you a little bit more about uh, the mission of Zimbabwe Christian College, because that's why he's here today. Um, this is a place that uh, I visited about three years ago, but that Sydney has been working with for 10 years and was trained there as well. So tell us a little bit about why the college exists and what you do. Zimbabwe Christian College exists to train people for ministry, and uh, through the years we've trained people from nine African different countries and our graduates are serving in 13 African countries. Um, most of our graduates go into churches, they start new churches, or they help to disciple and grow already existing churches, but quite a number of them are also serving within the prisons of uh, Zimbabwe as chaplains. They are also serving in public schools, and they are serving in hospitals as chaplains, and they are serving in children's homes. Sure. And how many students this fall? You start this week, right? Yes. We're starting on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. How yes. many students you expect? We have 94. 94. Total. Okay. Yes. So it's so important because, you know, we could never send enough American missionaries to Zimbabwe to preach in all these churches. And in fact, we shouldn't do that. What we should be doing is just the work of the college, which is to train up these preachers so that they can go out and do God's work. I mean, they're ready to go. They know the culture. They're ready to preach when they leave Zimbabwe Christian College. So if you take out your bulletin for just a second, on the front of that bulletin is a picture. Now, this was... Uh, when Leanne and I were there the night before we left. So it's not the whole college, it was a Saturday night, but there are some students there. And of course, they've all graduated. They've moved on since then because it has been three years. And Sidney saw this picture this morning and, and he went through there and he named each person 
And every single person in that picture is either preaching in a church or teaching in a school, some of them doing both, serving as a chaplain in the prison system or in the army, just everyone involved in Christian ministry. And that is a huge success and a huge testimony to what's going on at Zimbabwe Christian College. Also wanted Sidney to tell us just briefly about himself and his family, uh, just so you would know a little bit more about that. I've been married to Concilia for the past 20 years now, and that has been a real blessing to be together uh, for that long and to be doing God's work together. And together we have uh, three daughters, right. 18 years, 13 years, and seven years. And three of them, all of them are in Zimbabwe. Right. The oldest is just about to start university. She wants to be a social worker. And you actually saw a picture of his younger daughter in some of those photos that you saw. But of course, she's three years older now, so she's grown a good bit. But they've been away from their daughters for five weeks. So tomorrow, I take them to Chicago. And then Tuesday morning, they're going to fly out. And I'm sure their daughters are going to be glad. And Sydney also preaches in a church uh, in Chitungwiza, which is near Harare. And I'm sure his church is going to be glad to see him back. Got a couple of other pictures just briefly um, from my trip to see uh, the college. This is at, uh, the two of us at Victoria Falls and then us at the college. Uh, the church that we served in Florida had a long relationship with Zimbabwe Christian College. So in 2010, Sydney was with us for about three weeks and went to churches and visited churches as we've done this week. And then three years later, I went and spoke at a pastor's workshop at the college as well. So the learning continues even after the graduates go out and preach and teach. I want to pray for Sydney, and then he's going to share from God's Word. God, I thank you for my friend and my brother. I thank you that he's here and he's had the opportunity to share with churches all over our country about the work of Zimbabwe Christian College. God, I pray this morning that you will fill him with your spirit once more, that you use his preparation and use his mind to share with us and to challenge us from your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's welcome Sydney. Thank you very much for that warm welcome. And if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 4 and 5. When he had finished speaking, that's Jesus, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. The last statement is Simon's response to Jesus. And that is a response which would be very difficult for a lot of us to make. In this day and age, where we have every reason not to trust anybody saying, because you say so, I will do so. It's difficult to take such a statement from Jesus. Why? Because it's easy to put him in the group of those that we don't trust. Oftentimes his parents that have young kids, we struggle with them because they too have learned to have their own ways. Simon, the disciple, just like the rest of us, 
struggled to obey. But in the end, what he learned was that it pays. And there are results when you obey, especially when you obey the right person. I don't know how many of us in this room realize that when Jesus challenged Simon to put out into the deep, Simon went through his own personal struggles to be able to take Jesus at his word. It might sound so easy when you read the passage, but it's important to realize that what you are reading as a statement from Simon is actually a result of a thought process that he has gone through. When you see Simon saying, because you say so, he has gone through a lot. He has done some thinking. And as human beings, we all do that when we are faced with situations. We don't just act, but we think first. In the words that are preceding, in the same verse in verse 5, Simon had responded in a very common way, which characterizes a lot of us in this room. Simon began by saying, we worked hard. In other words, I worked hard all night and I got nothing. What Simon was really saying to Jesus by that statement is, I will not go back. I'm not going to listen to what you are saying. What had started out as a very promising night for an experienced fisherman had ended as a gloomy, hopeless night because he had achieved nothing. And as a result of that unsuccessful, discouraging, dark night, Simon's whole day was ruined, negatively affected. And when you are affected, individually and personally, it does not just end with you. We also tend to pass that to everybody who is around us. And I want to think his family was going to be affected, that those, were, those who were doing business with Simon were also going to be affected negatively. It just ruined the lives of many people. But the words of Jesus came at the right time for Simon. I like God's timing. He comes in with the right message, the right word, when you really, really need him. And that's what happened with Simon here. The words of Jesus gave back lost hope and revived a crushed spirit. These are the words which brightened not just his day, but these were words which brightened his whole future. Through the words of Jesus, Simon understood that his whole life was not just about catching fish, but he understood the depth of life given to a human being by God. That life was actually about making a commitment, not just to the fish, but to others, to be able to make a difference. I want to think you would identify with what Simon went through. And together, I want us to quickly look at some of the very common human struggles that tend to prevent us as God's children from taking Jesus at his word. The first one is focusing too much on self 
than the task. And we all have been there. We all do this. We live in a world that tends to focus so much on human and personal achievement. It is a world, a world that encourages us to do everything possible for self. And there is nothing wrong with that. As long as we keep a proper perspective, we remain in our place as God's children and we allow God to be God because he is God, our maker and our creator. In other words, as long as we are able to allow him to be the Lord of our life. On this particular instance, when Peter considered the instruction, put out into the deep, he looked at his vast experience as a fisherman. This was his trade, and he had done this for years. Through this trade, his family was sustained. And through this, he was able to do business with many, many other people. Through it, he had created relationships. He was good at it. But here was Jesus coming with a message. And the message was going to test whether he would allow Christ to speak into that part of his life. I think the most important lesson that Peter learned in all this, which I think is a lesson that we should also take home with us, was that Jesus' word cannot be ignored and should not be ignored on any subject. You can't ignore what God says and you can't ignore what Jesus said about any particular aspect of your life. He's your maker. When he speaks, he knows what is best. But I think the other struggle that Simon also faced was the fact that as Jesus spoke to him and Jesus gave an instruction, he had a previous and very fresh experience that he had gone through. That's his failure. It's not a good experience. He had recently failed. And as we all know, it takes time to go over those moments in life where we have failed. The devil is very clever. And what he does as an accuser, he continues to come over and he continuously replays those unpleasant moments to discourage you so you don't move on to discourage you so you don't look ahead. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, God says, whatever is true and whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, and whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Focus on those things. Not to focus on our failures. But the devil would want us to do that. And this is a major struggle that Simon fought with. For Simon, it's only in the morning. The wound is still very fresh. The terrible memories of failing 
are still in within him when Jesus immediately appears. And do you notice what Simon is doing in the passage? When Jesus comes, Simon is actually has abandoned his boat and he is cleaning the nets. The day is over and he is ready to go back home to face his family and probably try to do some explaining as to what happened on the day. He has abandoned the only gadget that he had used for years. Simon still remembers all the various locations where he had tried to catch the fish. He still remembers the techniques that he had tried to use to catch the fish. But that did not matter. And it does not matter still today where you have failed. It never mattered that he had failed. The most important thing was Jesus was there and Jesus had a message for Simon. Jesus through his word has a message for you. And God your father has always had a message for you. And it's a message for you not to quit but a message for you not just to hold on but a message for you also to put out into the deep and do more for him. But probably the other common struggle that he also went through was that he focused on the task itself. He looked at the task. Do you realize that Jesus challenges Simon in the passage to go into deep waters? And as human beings, it's very easy to want it easy. We don't want to go through the process of working hard. We don't want to, to, to go through the process of giving it our time and giving it our efforts. Probably it's those in Africa, those in Zimbabwe, who need to learn their lesson from this. My people want it easy. They go after anyone who gives a promise. There's been a rush, a scramble for people going after somebody who had promised miracle money, he had promised miracle babies, he had promised miracle wives and miracle husbands, and everybody was flocking after this man. The reason is because it's easy. You simply go there and you don't put your effort. But we know Christianity is not like that. Putting out into the deep required a lot of effort, especially for an already exhausted man such as Simon. But you know, have you ever thought about it? Jesus could have simply called all the fish to come into shallow waters and then tell Simon to grab the fish and go home. When you think that it was him, we had called these fish into existence before they were. Then you realize it could be easy for him to simply call them certain spots and Simon would get that. But for some reason, Jesus does not do that. I think these were good reasons. I think reason number one was that Jesus wanted Simon to learn to trust him as he was going into the deep waters to the unknown. He wanted Simon to learn to trust. But I think another simple reason is Jesus also wanted Simon to learn the value of hard work. And 
need. We all need that. But there's one more thing that I want to share as I come to the end of this message. It's really about the amazing results. The amazing results when you look at the person of Simon himself after he obeyed what Jesus instructed him. What started as a day that was doomed became a, mem a moment of truth for Simon. It turned out to be a brighter moment, not just for Simon, but for a lot more others. Because when this miracle happened, it was not a secret, but it became a public meeting. But probably the most important moment was when Simon himself realized who he was before Jesus. What does he say in the passage? He says, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. And the beauty of the story, really, is that Simon needed to be very close to Jesus before he could understand his position. And we all need that. We struggle with understanding who we are. And the best place to go is to go to Jesus. Because he is your maker. You will understand who you are. You will understand yourself. You will understand your position in him. He says, I am a sinful man. You might have missed this in the passage. But do you also realize that Jesus actually borrowed Simon's spot? He who owns everything, he who owns all the trees, he went and he borrowed Simon's spot. What was he looking for? I don't think he was looking for a boat. He could have trot on water. We know he did this. So there was no need for him to need a boat. But I think the thing that he needed was a relationship with Simon. And Jesus here uses a boat to connect with Simon. Very, very important. Jesus knew Simon very well. He was not surprised when Simon made the confession, I am a sinner. Jesus knew that Simon was a sinner. But even after knowing this, he went after him. He did everything in order to get to Simon. And when Jesus came close to him, at that moment, Simon began to show some things in him and about him which he had never seen and which he had never understood before. He saw that he had some frails. Frails, he had weaknesses in his life. It's like somebody going standing before a big mirror and you are able to clearly see yourself. It was even more than that. He was standing before his maker and everything was revealed. But this was also the beginning of new things. When you realize your position, oftentimes it's the beginning of new things. All along he has been going after fish, but from this moment on, do you realize his life was going to have a turnaround? He was going to be going after 
people. The Bible says you will catch people alive. That's what Simon's life was going to be focusing on. It's no longer about fish. So amazing was the revelation that as soon as Simon got to the land, what does he do? He, le he left everything. And when you say everything, probably it's not saying much unless and uh, until you dig deeper and you realize what it is that he left. Do you realize when the Bible says he left everything, the everything, everything there also includes the greatest catch ever seen in his life? He left that. He left that. That would have been a good reason for him to stick there. But he left. The catch was not as important as what it showed him about himself, about Jesus, and about others. Let me challenge you. It's never about the catch. It doesn't matter how big, but it's never about the catch. Whatever your catch is, I pray that it may help you to have a complete understanding, a completely new understanding of yourself, of your maker, and of others. And may the good Lord continue to bless you. Amen. Some important things in that uh, message. Some of the things that I heard were the words of Jesus gave back, lost hope, right? Sometimes we need hope restored. Sometimes the people around us need hope restored. Peter found that. Simon found that in the words of Jesus. Jesus' words cannot be ignored. Sometimes we want to. The most important moment came when Simon realized who he was before Jesus, and that was the heart of it all. Jesus shows us who we are, and for Simon it was the, that he was a sinner, as we are. And yet, Jesus still loved him. Jesus still cared. And I love this, that it's just never about the catch. And we can make a lot of different catches in life, things that we've achieved, things that feel important, things that provide for our families and for ourselves. But it's not about the catch. It's about Jesus. Today, maybe you've heard that message and you recognize it's time to respond to Christ. Maybe you've been considering that. You know that you need to put your faith in him, you need to be baptized into him. If you've made that decision, we'd love to walk with you through that. We'd love to share with you in that. You can come down during the next song, or maybe you want to catch me after the service. Or maybe you want to be a member of our church and serve with us as a part of this body of believers, this community of faith. If you've made either one of those decisions, let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation. Let's stand together.